Getting a team to take initiative and solve problems can be tough, and you often worry about taking on more team members because of the extra burden it's going to put you under as a business owner. Tune into today's podcast. We're going to talk about a simple process for building a motivated team that shows initiative. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. And the music dies away, and I start talking. Happy days. Tony Fraser-Jones here, host of uh, Profitable Tradie Podcast, with my uh, sidekick, Phil Smith, COO here at Profitable Tradie. All-round good guy. Yep. All-round good guy. Yep. Yeah. Casual hero, world traveler. What? <laughs> I actually stole that off a guy I know on Facebook. He's a he's an ex marine or like a on a Green Beret. He's a um yeah, it was like a total badass. These guys are obviously close. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, he um he travels he travels all around the world. Does cool shit. He's a good guy to follow. But uh, yeah, he calls himself casual hero, world traveler. Nice. Yeah, interesting dude, mate. You swam across the English Channel. Did he recently? Also uh, ran like ten marathons in ten days across part of Africa. Like it was, Bro, it was I'll, outrageous. I'll start following him when he gets serious. <sighs> anyway, anyway, what are we talking about today, bud? Well, today we're talking about the key to growing a successful team and how that's giving uh, your people on the tools what they need to actually shine. Uh, so, you know, in this case, a lot of the time it's going to feel like it's going to take your input. Uh, but you actually can't scale a team or your business for that matter past the point where you're basically wiping their butts for them, which will uh, we'll reference later. Yeah, there is only a certain number of butts you can wipe. That's right, yeah. And I mean, you've got your own ones, that's one. Yep. Uh, you can't stack up too many more after that. So uh, Now, there's lots you can do to help your team do a better job with their day-to-day tasks. Like you can train them on their skill gaps, you can put systems in place that they can follow rather than needing to think for themselves. But basically, all of that can end up going to waste if you can't drive this one key piece of the puzzle, which is initiative and problem solving. So Taking ownership of, of things. Yeah, that's right. So today, we're basically going to cover a system to drive those key skills and empower your team so that then you can continue to grow without having to worry about the burden of the extra management. Yeah, cause nothing worse than uh, lots of phone calls. Oh, how do I do this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that old chestnut. Oh, sorry, boss. How do I do this? Not good. <laughs> All the time. Not good. Waste of time. Drive you insane. Uh, we tell stories here, and I am the master storyteller. Right. Whatever. Yep. But uh, I know you're, like, amping to tell a story. So um, go, man. Tell us a yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I've got a story on this one. Uh, it's actually one I've told before. Um, yeah, well, and, and look, team, we know if you're listening and you're a dad, you'll know that Phil is definitely a dad because when you start telling the same stories over and over again, that means you're qualified as a dad. Yeah, and everyone the rolls their eyes and pretends <laughs> like they're excited. I, I am actually excited. It's a good story. Well, wait till I'm a granddad, man. I'll have all the grandkids around and tell the same five stories. It's kind of like Pokemon. You've got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, so the story I was going to tell that I think is pretty, you know, pretty apt for this situation uh, is actually about my son, George. Uh, so if you've been listening before, you may have heard this. But basically, He's a fine young man, too. Fine young man. Uh, and it's actually about when we had to teach him how to wipe his own butt. So... Uh, if you are a parent, you've probably done this as well. And if you haven't, then um, good luck. It's coming up. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, uh, it was basically about the whole process of teaching him. And what we found is that at the start, he'd do the old, you know, go in, do his business, and he'd come out and he'd have had one or two wipes. And he'd always come out and ask us to check, um, which basically meant I've had one or two wipes and I want you to finish it for me. Uh, and what we found is that that just carried on, carried on, tried, you know, teaching him better and showing him some different stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, but he so always, you've got techniques for this stuff. Oh, I've got techniques, mate. Depending on, I have techniques. You mate. just nice. You just watch yourself, Good. mate. Uh, but in this case, yeah, basically he'd always come out to to check, and and what we actually ended up doing was eventually we said to him, mate, look, we're not going to check anymore. Um, you know how to do this. We've shown you plenty of times. So what's going to happen is we'll just leave you to it, and um, when you think you're done, you pull your pants up and you and you walk out, and then so you know obviously tests tests you comes out and he says, hey dad, I think I'm done. Uh, can you check? And I said, nah, and just carried on with what I was doing. And he goes, well, what if I'm not finished? And I go, well, then you better keep wiping. And he goes, but what if I don't know I'm finished and I pull my pants up and I get poo in my undies? And I said, then you get poo in your undies. And he goes, oh, and I'm like, do you think you're finished? He's like, oh, I might keep wiping. Um, and so I did that a couple of times, like literally one or two times, and then he's nailed it now. And really, I think this is very, very similar um, to how your staff act when they're calling you for help. Uh, a lot of the time they're not actually needing your help, they're just wanting it. Um, basically what I feel like here is it's actually a bit of a transference of responsibility more than 100%. more than anything else. Yep. You know, it, It's not that they don't know what to do, it's not that they don't know how to do it, it's that they want to check with you so that if they miss anything, it's your fault, not theirs. Um, so it absolves them of that responsibility. And I think, you know, you're probably, if, if you're having a similar situation, getting heaps of phone calls from your staff or finding you need to go and um, check for them or wipe their butt, um, that you're probably losing a lot of precious time, efficiency and headspace um, by doing that. And so you might actually just need to begin taking uh, responsibility and initiative, well, they need to, um, just like George. You know? and, and hey, look, sometimes they might get poo in their undies, metaphorically, but that's actually part of, part of the learning process. So they need to start taking that responsibility and you need to stop being there as the backstop. That's the only way they'll do it. And there's a concept here that um, I think is 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 kind of useful. It's called learned helplessness. That's the one. So people kind of, um, well, they just learn to be helpless. And, yeah. and we, as the business owner, can actually aid and abet that helplessness by creating a situation where we let them be helpless and totally. we do basically metaphorically keep wiping bums and answering questions, which... Um, that's it. And I mean, it's learned helplessness, but you taught it to them. That's right. That's how they learned it. Yeah. And yep. so the only way they'll learn something else is if you teach that to yep. them yep. by changing your approach. And I think there's, that's a big thing uh, with, with leadership is uh, it's very easy to... And I understand if you're listening why you would do this, blame your team when they do something silly or keep asking questions or make a kind of a dumb mistake or you know just don't show initiative. It's easy to to blame them, uh, but unfortunately the responsibility to change it always lies with you. You can't make them change, you can only change what you're doing, mm. which in turn you know, might change the way they operate. And that's what we're really going to get into today, right? 100%, 100%. So obviously, look, if we can't make this change and get the guys to take more initiative and responsibility, then we can run into a few problems. Uh, yeah, well, you know, millions of phone calls is the first one. Yeah, like, that's for I sure. Mean, most, you know, contractors and tradies and plumbers and electricians, you know, got a business in this space, your ear literally is on fire from answering the phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, particularly if you if you if you don't have a strong management team in place, you're getting calls from clients, you're getting calls from suppliers, contractors, uh, and your team. Yeah. And uh, it might be 30, 50 calls a day, sometimes more. You dread the phone actually ringing. You, you can cut a lot of those out. So I think a lot of phone calls, mm. you're not actually going to get time to get to the stuff that you want to do. Yeah, or that you need to do, really. That's that's the real risk. I mean, there's stuff that you want to do, but there's stuff that you need to do. And if you're busy on the phone um, checking all day for your for your staff, um, 
what are you not doing that you should be doing? Or, I mean, sometimes people will actually drive, you know, to the jobs out in the field, out on site to actually check stuff or, or yeah. finish off little bits of jobs that, you know, really, if the team was showing initiative, we'd want them to do. So I think that's important. And all of that leads you to being busy and stressed because you've got more on your plate that you can deal with. And uh, that that is obviously a challenge for a lot of people listening. And that's you know, one of the reasons we do what we do is to try and obviously make more money, but you lessen the stress and make life more fun. 100%. The flip side of it, though, is is we've talked about what happens to you. What happens to your team, though? Because actually, oh. I think you're disempowering your team. Big time. Big time. Well, you're actually robbing them of the opportunity to grow and learn and develop. Um, I actually found when I lived overseas, so I lived in France for a wee while, and um, when I did, it took I, – I knew no French going over there. It took me about three months to get to a point where I was pretty conversationally fluent. Um, and then I never learned another word, literally. Uh, and I think the biggest thing was as soon as I was kind of capable, people stopped actually correcting me and stopped teaching me anything. And so I couldn't learn past the point where they actually would hold my hand. And it's the same, you know, like if you constantly go in and do that last little bit for the staff or make that last little decision, you rob them of the ability to learn to make it themselves. So, yeah, you disempower them big time. Yeah, and and uh, that has an impact of stopping the growth of your business because for a few reasons, obviously – you know, you, you're busy all the time uh, and you can't get onto stuff that's going to make the business grow. But even if you could, you actually don't want to because all you th- all you think about or even subconsciously is, wow, I'm just going to have more people asking me more questions and uh, I'm kind of over that. Yeah, big time. Uh, and so it's quite deep subconscious thing. We don't want to get all D&M here deep and meaningful, but this is the thing, right? People don't grow towards pain. So if you think, it's going to be more painful. Subconsciously, you'll start sabotaging your own growth in your business because you're like, blah, that's that's not fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You look at that growth as being something that's going to be difficult, so you'll subconsciously put yourself off. Yeah. But hey, look, what if we do get it right? What if we can employ some good techniques, guys take initiative, responsibility, then what? Yeah, I think the phone calls stop. Less phone calls, uh, less um, you know, people asking for help, more people actually giving it a crack and learning. That's mm. important. Headspace and more room to breathe. So you, you can, you know, get some of the clutter of everyone else's problems out of your head and focus on what you want to work on. Mm. Uh, and that gives you time to work on some tasks that are perhaps more high value. Yeah, Not that, I mean, getting the work done, getting the projects finished, you know, that's obviously hugely important. Don't get me wrong. But the real you know, job of a business owner is to grow the business, not to get the, the, the jobs done out in the field on, on the site. That's the team's job. Mm. And that, that's a whole other discussion, right? For like, sure. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very easy to fall into that because that's as business owners, we've most of us have started as tradespeople, so we're really good at that. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is, not only is it good for you, it's good for your team. So they actually start to feel empowered. They, you know, take responsibility. I mean, let's be honest. There'll be some people who just can't take responsibility, and other people you don't want in your business, and you've got to, you know, like, for free sure. up their future. For sure. But most people actually thrive on having responsibility, and it allows them to grow. Uh, and they love that independence, uh, yeah. which is cool. And you're like, wow, these guys are actually pretty darn good. I like, wow, yeah. Uh, and that's that's an experience people get when they start to have people take initiative. That's right. Skill level goes up, and you can grow your business because you, you're starting to create some capacity. People can you know, do stuff on their own, which is the whole point of being a business and having a team. Yeah, well, you start looking at each addition to your team as something that's going to help you and make things better, rather than each addition of your team as another bum to wipe. And actually, that just you know feels painful. So, yeah, it really gets you excited about the growth. Well, and this is this is a huge thing. And what what we notice, you know, when we talk to people who who um, you know maybe inquire about getting some help, 
uh, in one of our coaching programs is often they say, hey, look, I, I don't want to grow my business. Yeah. I just want to make it easier to run. Yeah. And that's actually, well, it, it is true. They don't want to do that, but they don't want to do that because all they see is it being painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the time as you grow, it actually can become easier to run because, right. because it's bigger. You get yeah, more you infrastructure, more, you get more help, like yeah. you make more money, which actually yeah. makes things easier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I understand like not everyone wants to build a huge empire, but at the same time, like if you're scared of taking on anybody, um, you might tell yourself it's because you don't really want to grow, but really it's I don't want the headache of a bigger team. Yeah. So yeah, you can flip yeah. that on on its head. Yeah, and you might have seen, you know, someone down the road who's growing and blowing up. Yeah. That's not because growth is the problem, it's because the way it was managed and the way they, they led it, that was the problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do we do it, mate? Solutions. There's, yeah, let's talk solutions. solutions. Let's we'll do have it. A, have a cup of my delicious green tea first, mate. Oh, I don't know how much you like always it. Always drinking your bloody tea. Um, yeah. Well, well let's, solutions, yeah. Let's okay. talk about the 131 technique. Yeah. The, the 131 technique is, um, is a cool technique that you can use to push the responsibility for problem solving back to your team. And this is not something that we've invented. Uh, uh, it comes from the One Minute Manager. Yep. Uh, Ken Blanchard is a you know, well-known author. Mm. Uh, writes some really... Simple books, they took like an hour to read. They're not, they're not big. Mm. Uh, but the one three one technique is really simple. Uh, your team, rather than asking you what they should do, they need to come, with, come to you with one problem. So they need to be able to describe the problem. They need to come with three suggestions and one recommendation. That's it. So one problem, three suggestions, and one recommendation. Yeah, that's it. So it's really, really important that they get this. And obviously the recommendation comes as one of their suggestions, just to make that super sure. clear. As they've got their one problem, their three suggestions, and one of those is the one they recommend. Um, and if you can get them into this mindset where they approach, you know, talking to you with problems, they approach it this way, um, it means they've already done all the pre-thinking. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, they're pretty confident because a lot of the time when you get questions from your staff, they kind of know what they want to do. is more of a permission call than anything else. Um, and so this helps them realise that that's what they're doing, which is actually quite important because you know that's what they're doing, but they might genuinely think they need your help here. So when they have to come to it this way, you know, it, it helps them to realise as well what's what's really yeah. going on. That's killer. So one problem, three suggestions, and one recommendation. Now, how do they get to the suggestions? Well, that's a good question. Uh, there could be a number of ways. They'll probably have a couple of approaches to a problem that they can take. Uh but like we'd encourage, and we talk to our members about this. Hey, well, why don't the the team set up a you know a chat group or something, and they can all or they can call some of the other tradespeople or technicians uh, yeah. in the business and say, hey, we've got this happening. I'm thinking about this or that. Is there anything else you think we could do here? Uh, yeah. So they they leverage off the experience of the rest of the team. Yeah. Uh, before you know coming up with a su suggestion, so that you're not in the loop. Yeah. And one thing you might find is that when you first start doing this, people, you ask for their suggestions, their recommendation, they might say, oh, I genuinely don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And you just say, well, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And and they'll be like, well, you know, I don't know. You say, well, hey, look, just top of your head, what do you think? Oh, well, I could do X, Y, Z. And, and often it's actually right. Uh, you know, they the big thing is that they might just really try to push that helplessness that they've learned, just try to really project that out. So you might have to dig a little bit to get them to do this. So... The, yeah, but what do you think is, is a really easy line that you can use um, just to make sure that they actually do follow this process. And if you can get them to do this, it really allows you to make uh, what we call the six-inch putt. So what that's all about is if you actually do have to have any input, 
Um, what you want it to be is the metaphorical six-inch putt. So if you think about golf, um, any problem is, is the entire hole, and you don't want to be teeing off. You don't want to be playing approach shots, hitting out of the sand. That's definitely not what you want to be doing. No, we don't. Um, you know, you don't want to be doing any of that. For, for you, if I'm going to be involved, it's to make that six-inch putt at the end. The team needs to do the legwork up until there. So in this case with the one three one, they come with a problem, three suggestions, and a recommendation, and your six-inch putt is, yeah, good idea. Yeah, do, do it. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so um, this is a really simple concept. And uh, another way of looking at this is, um, is, is is something else that Ken Blanchard has talked about is is um, not my monkey. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what the heck does not my monkey mean? Well, it's like when you have a problem uh, and it's your problem, you're the one with the monkey on your back. That's right. And what happens is the business owner or senior person in the business is most of your team – have got into the habit of giving you all their monkeys, yeah, all their decisions, all the responsibility for the decisions. And so what happens is you end up carrying around a whole darn zoo of yeah. monkeys on your back, which is why you're so darn tired and stressed out. Yeah. And so this is an important way to actually hand the monkey back to the people that it belongs to. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you might even have experienced this. You know, you're lying there late at night and you've got all these things on your mind. Um, you know, just weighing you down like, oh, I wonder if I made the right call here. Yeah. Oh, How do we what do this up, job? Yeah, or what ended up happening with yeah. this job or, or that customer or whatever. But, you know, a lot of that stuff is actually because you're holding the monkeys for everyone else. Um, it's because you haven't actually delegated the decision-making to your staff. And so the responsibility of every single thing that happened in the business comes down to a call you made and therefore, um, yeah, it can stress you out, man. It can really just weigh on you. Yeah. So, and And... There is only so many monkeys anyone can carry around. That's it, and and that's what stops the growth of the business and your and your enjoyment of having it as well, which is yeah you know, a big part of it. Yeah. So, I think something that that uh, we've talked about is it's you know sometimes there is a a knowledge gap. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they may not know something. Yeah. But a lot of the time they will or they need to learn. Mm. So our job as the leader is to figure out what's the difference between a responsibility shift and a true knowledge gap. Yeah, And so our job is really only to help with true knowledge gaps. Mm. Or even better, if you've got other people in the team who can help with that knowledge gap, point them in that direction. They can yeah. help each other. Yeah, that's it. And I think in this case, like if you find you're getting similar knowledge gaps popping you know, popping up across the team, well then, hey, that's, that's a whole team training you might need to do. Um, or it might be individual. But I think recognising that difference between them trying to shift responsibility, pass on the monkey, and a true knowledge gap is, is really the, the skill here. Because a lot of the time, they'll act like it's a true knowledge gap. And that's why, like I was saying, you've got to prompt. You've got to really drag it out of them. Um, because they might actually genuinely think they don't know. But like, if you just ask them, well, hey, look, what do you think? Like, just, you know, top of your head, let's just try to figure this out. What are some things that you might be able to do? I don't care how silly it sounds. Let's just uh, let's just spitball some ideas. Um, what you're actually doing when you do this, you're teaching them to problem solve. You're teaching them to try to think, you know, laterally about how they could do something rather than just every time they hit a roadblock, they ask someone. Um, it's important that they start thinking a little bit, um, and that's what you're prompting when you're prompting these things. And if they really do hit a wall, then you have you know, a, a training point for them, and you can fill that knowledge gap. Yeah, yeah, and and this is also awkward, and you know, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, well, you know, what happens if they muck it up, and, and it's like a big mess, and I've got issues, and it costs me money and stuff. Well, you know, what happens if you like keep picking up the tab for them the whole time? Yeah. That, that's the other side of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the long-term cost? Because it, it feels like a short-term cost 
but there's a long-term cost if you just make them helpless. Yeah, that's right. Fundamentally, it's, it's what we do as the leader that builds the culture that will drive initiative. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's a flip side to that yeah. as well because if you think about it like, um, you know, some people, you might be listening to this right now and thinking, geez, if I do all of that process, like it's actually taking me a lot longer to do all of that than it would be if I just answered their question. I could just answer their question in 30 seconds, but instead I'm going to sit here and have a 10 minute conversation dragging answers out of them. And I'm like, yep, it might take a little bit longer at the start while they get used to this process. But what happens is they start getting so used to the 131 and they start getting so used to the fact that their recommendation is usually right and that you basically, all you do is that six inch part where you go, yeah, do it. Um, that they go, actually, you know what, I can solve this problem. So what happens, it takes a little bit longer at the start when they get used to it, but then you just stop getting phone calls, uh, and, you know, unless they really are genuinely having a knowledge gap stuck moment. And then when they turn up, they are so used to the 131 that they actually turn up with the 131, the whole conversation takes no time because they're like, mate, I just want to give you my 131 right now. It's blah, 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 blah. And then you can be like, yep, cool, do it. And they're like, oh, sweet, yeah, I wasn't going to call, but I was just really stuck on this one. Again, 30-second conversation, done. But they solved the problem. So, yeah, may take a little bit longer at the start, but it's going to save you so much time. It is. Forward. And look, sometimes they might skin their knees and make a, a bit of a mistake. Or, well, you know, what is a mistake anyway? Because sometimes your way of doing it is, you know, not perfect either. Well, it's just one way. One way. Maybe it is a good way. Maybe your way is 95% and their way is 85%. Still excellent. Still an A. Still yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't let them skin their skin their knees a little bit in a sort of controlled, safe way, they'll never do it. Mm. Uh, if people are never allowed to fail, they're never allowed to learn. That's right. And I know, you know, if you're listening, you probably think, "Geez, I don't want any client ever to have a sub-perfect um, performance." But if your business is tapped out and you're tapped out all the time, a whole bunch of clients are going to have, you know, poor yep. experience because you just can't keep up. So that's it. it. It is a bit of a bit of a mind bend, mm. but it's definitely worth putting in that, you know, that mental hard work to actually to lift them up because it's going to lift you up as well that's the one that's the one um, and I think for me there's a real big part to this is like if you want this to stick I think you really just have to look at how you actually back this up within your values 100% um, and like I think about that whole thing of you know different core values that people have in their business and you may have core values already or you, you may not um, you may call them standards you might you might call them anything you want but a lot of people I'll see that they'll have uh, a core value of something around like quality or, or, you know, perfection on the job, you know, top quality workmanship, whatever it is. Um, the hard thing is if that's one of your values and you really push that, but you also really want them to take initiative, that can actually be kind of conflicting because if I'm one of the staff and I'm sitting there on a job a little bit stuck um, and I know that my boss is going to be really angry if I don't get this perfect, then that's going to cause me to want to call, make sure, you know, definitely get this right. So at the same time, if you want them to take initiative and not make the call, then you have to risk sometimes it may not be perfect. So you kind of need to make a choice, right? You know, some you obviously want the highest possible quality, but if initiative is more important to you, then you need to reinforce that, which means that if they make a mistake, you can't bollock them straight away. The first thing you actually have to do is congratulate them for taking initiative, which is hard because you'll oh, be mad about the yeah. mistake, right? But it's really, really, um, you know, really, really important because otherwise you know if are you going to be more angry about one or two mistakes here and there but heaps of initiative or more angry about every job's perfect but I had to finish every single one of them and take a hundred phone calls a day like you can't always have it both ways um so yeah you, you kind of need to make a choice and you yeah that's an important thing it's it's like anything uh you need to acknowledge and reward what you want 
That's and so it. if people show initiative, it's really important to call that out and, and, and shine a light of, you know, uh, of praise on that yeah, uh, because that's what you want to encourage. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think the thing here, this is a big challenge for a lot of us who are, you know, by the virtue of the fact that we own the business, we're probably pretty good at doing the jobs and, and you know, exceptionally high standards is what's helped us get there. But perfection is the enemy of progress. 100%. And excellence is what you want. And excellence is like a 85 to 95%. That's it. And and again, I'm not saying you sacrifice quality, yep. but I'm saying maybe if you aim for excellence instead of perfection, you'll get more initiative. And again, if you're worried about the team making mistakes, I'm like, just take a quick look in the mirror and ask yourself, hey, do I ever make mistakes? Um, and I'm sure you do. Look, everybody does. And so actually now and then, it, it's, you know, it's good. the guys might make a mistake and that's just got to be okay as long as and it's in th- service. This is important because... Uh, now that you own the business and you're the leader, your mistakes are different. And one of your big mistakes, maybe not letting people take initiative. That's right. That's right. So, so and, and again, like you might make mistakes with this, where you come down hard yeah, on someone for their mistake. That's where, okay. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, man. If somebody has a huge, huge problem, uh, you know, you might jump in from time to time. But I think the big thing is that more you can value initiative over perfection, you'll still get excellence. You'll just also get your sanity back. 100%. Yeah. Love that. I think that's a good place to uh, land yeah, this plane. Let's land this plane. So, I mean, developing competent and confident staff who can take initiative is is tricky, but it hundred percent can be done. And it's all about putting the effort to develop the problem solving of your team. Uh, you know, help push the responsibility for making the jobs and the decisions back to them, and that's going to help them grow and work independently. And so, that's the the three one the three no the one three one, one technique. Three, one, let's get yeah. that right. One three one technique where we give them. You know, we ask them to give us one problem, three suggestions, and then one solution. That's Do it. that, watch your team just switch their brains on and, uh, and become exceptional. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading, and it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trading in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.